0: From successful cardiologist and functional medicine doctor to successful real estate entrepreneur, today's guest, we dive into exactly why after going to school and creating an incredibly successful practice, he decided to invest all of his time and effort into growing in real estate. We're going to be learning some lessons about how he thinks, how we can apply some of those same ways of thinking within our own lives and businesses, so that no matter how successful we've been or what we're doing in our life, we know we can find a path forward. Let's get right to it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Pesavento. And today I'm very excited to have in the studio, Vikram Raya. How you doing, Vikram?
1: Dude, I'm doing excellent. I'm so excited to be here, Steven. I'm, I'm pumped up. Let's do this.
0: Awesome. That is what I like to hear. Uh, Vikram is an award-winning cardiologist, multimillionaire, real estate investor with over $350 million of assets that he's transacted. He's an athlete and biohacking expert, functional medicine specialist, serial entrepreneur, and coach to elite doctors in business success and real estate. He's doing some amazing things. We're definitely going to be diving into a lot of his mindset, the way he thinks, um, but also we're going to be diving into some of the transitions that he's made and exactly what has gone into that. So this is going to be a really good episode. You guys are not going to want to miss a minute of it. You ready to get into things, Vikram?
1: Let's ignite.
0: All right. So before we dive into business, I always like to start by looking back at earlier in your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today?
1: Good question. Um, There's so many uh, influences, but it's really uh, growing up in sort of a middle-class something maybe lower middle-class background and and realizing we weren't allowed to do all the things that everyone else was, like uh, not having opportunities to maybe travel as much as we wanted to, or always cutting coupons, saving, trying to live below our means. And then obviously the book that revolutionized most of us out there who are in real estate, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, you know, all these things, Think and Grow Rich, the self-development uh, aha moments, the light bulbs didn't just f- switch on, it, it it glared on. And uh, dr- uh, going back and forth from my uh, in my, my beat-up uh, Honda Civic from Augusta, Georgia, where I got into medical school, all the way to back to Atlanta where my parents lived and my friends I would hang out with, I'd go back and forth, two-hour drive. What do I do with it? Well, I could listen to rock music, I could listen to grunge, but I chose to start listening to these things. And I fed my mind, and that was the game changer. It was like, man, there's people out there that, if you just—it's not based on skills or genetics or relationships. It's based on just you know thought, massive action, execution, rinse and repeat. Yeah, that, that that really shifted it, man. So
0: many things that I can relate to there, but it's so interesting, right? You come from this middle-class family where money is not necessarily the most prevalent thing. And what was it? What was that moment when you were a kid that you can remember back to where you thought maybe it's possible for something to be different?
1: You know, it's sometimes it's the negative that inspires you more than the positive, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really my mom and dad. I love them. They're beautiful souls. They're beautiful people, but they would fight on one thing. And, you know, as there's, it was me and my younger brother, and what I would notice is my younger brother would just check out, he would do his thing, he wouldn't be really bothered by it. But it hurt me when they fought so vigorously about money. Mm. Oh, why did you invest there? Why, why did you lose money there? Or, hey, you know, we can't afford that. Or let's wait, let's live, let's keep it, keep it tight. Or like, you know, and it just... It, 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 I, I made a decision not because I, I wanted to be wealthy or rich, but I just saw that money, not having money caused pain, Stephen. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it was not conscious, it was subconscious. I was like, I'm going to just get abundance and I just want to blow it out of the water because I never want that to be an issue in my life and my family.
0: Oh, man, I have uh, such a similar story. It's so interesting to see how people are driven, are often driven by similar things. And so for all you listeners out there, there's something that's driving you. There's something that's pushing you forward. Recognize what that is, appreciate it, and then learn how you can move past it and well beyond it, right? Use that fuel, but don't let that thing hold you back from, you know, living a fulfilled life as well. And so, you know, you're somebody, Vikram, who has already had so much success in multiple different areas. You go to school for 12, 20, 30. I mean, it's so long to be a doctor, uh, not only a cardiologist, but all of a sudden, then you make this this switch. You make this move into real estate investing and spend so much more of your time there than in the career that you, had, you invested so many hours becoming an expert in. Talk to us a little bit about why you decided to go down that path and what was some of the thinking that led to that?
1: So there, there, there's two two sort of a parallel paths and decision points uh, Steve. So like I was thinking that hey look, I should you know, I I loved cardiology. I wanted to practice it. That was like a goal of mine, initial goal. I had six people in my family die of heart attack, Stephen. And so I was like this is a must to learn. I mean, I got to figure this out. I not not only for myself but for everybody else around me. And and I did. And I was like, you know, it was it was one of the most competitive specialties to get into. And I worked my tail off. Again, it's not phenomenal skill. It's phenomenal will that got me to where I am, right? And I just like sort of manufactured this this thing called success. Uh, and, and once I got in, I was like, great, this is awesome. And during my training, I sort of got disillusioned. I noticed doctors doing things not just for the sake of doing them, but they were doing them for the sake of money. And they're working long hours and they were doing things sort of off. Off label and it it didn't sit well with me. And I was like, all right, if I'm still practicing by the age of 40 and I was like 30, 31, 32 at the time, I'm like, something is terribly wrong. Meaning like I go, "Look, I'll practice, but like, I want to figure out some other streams and practice. It's not that I don't want to practice cardiology. I don't want to practice traditional cardiology. I don't want to practice traditional medicine. I knew there was a better way where I practice on my terms because I want to, not because I have to. And my money's coming from other places. Now, I had no clue where that, that, that other place was. I just knew <laughs> it was not going to be in medicine. Because um, people go into medicine to be rich, and that's a, that's a fool's errand. And so what happened was I started doing options trading while I was training in cardiology. And so half the day was spent, you know, putting stents in, helping people talking about blood pressure and cholesterol. And the other half I'm talking about uh, butter, uh, I guess doing butterfly strategies and uh, call options and all that. And it was just got too much and I actually got my butt kicked in options. And I was like, all right, this, this is done. I'm gonna just focus on cardiology and, and finish that career and, and get, get to the next level. Um, and, and what happened was when I started my practice in 2012, I was like, maybe I wanna learn something else. And so I started experimenting with single family homes and it was this more of like a side hustle, a little hobby that I had while I still did, you know, cardiology. But uh, it was not until 2015, Stephen, where uh, I was I was at a, a real estate investment association meeting. And what I would do is here's the funny thing, right? So you know how like there's husbands that sort of, you know, they're philanderers, they sort of cheat. And so mm-hmm. they, they say they're coming home, but they're not really coming home, right? They're coming mm-hmm. to the other home. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny now. So like my wife, like, she's like, yeah, when are you coming home? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have a late consult. I'll be coming home. I would Mm -hmm. sneak out of work at like five and go to a real estate investment meeting and then come home. Cause she'd get pissed off because she's with the kids by herself. So it's like, like, that's my like, quote unquote cheating or going, (laughs) going beyond the lines, you know?
0: Well, what it sounds like is that the whole reason you went to go be a doctor was to help people, but really it was to to be able to satisfy that fear, that pain that you were experiencing when you were a kid about money. And so you were driven because you wanted to make sure that you could create abundance and what a what a guaranteed path. So you thought was to go into the medical field and from a lot of doctors, I know it doesn't happen to be true. It's a very high paying job, but unless you're investing, you're not going to get wealthy. So you started looking to some other paths and real estate was obviously one of them. But what ended up leading to that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to stop spending all this time in medicine because real estate is actually the thing that's going to fill me up the most.
1: Yeah. You know, your your podcast is called Investor Mindset. And it was really going from, you know, there's uh, people talk about the levels of investors and it's just like, you know, Level one, you're just thinking about it, right? You're like, okay, but all you're doing is spending all you have and even more. So you may be in debt. Level two is, all right, I'm trying to save some money. But as we know, spenders are losers. And right now, Stephen, um, the way that they're dumping money into the the, uh, equities markets and into the money supply, uh, 15% of everyone's, uh, every 15% of every dollar is being degraded every year. So 50% of the value of your money in the bank is essentially what being washed away. And unless you're investing in, in commodities or stocks or, or assets such as real estate, or even Bitcoin, you, that value is not gonna be preserved. And so I started thinking about that. So I went from level two to level three, I started reading, I started researching, I started understanding. And then I was like, all right, how do I become more of a professional investor? How do I buy my first investment house and, and start earning income? And so I built up a portfolio of about 30 homes from 2012 to 2015 and being a level four investor. But then the moment that completely changed my life, there's a guy named Dave Lindahl. He teaches multifamily out in Boston and he had come, he flew in just for a night to speak at, uh, at the, the DC Real Estate Investment Association. And I happened to be there that night and I listened to him speak and he talked about syndications and raising capital and buying a hundred unit apartment complex. I'm like, this guy is crazy. A hundred unit apartment complex, Mm. no freaking way. And, but it stuck with me. And then as I started getting annoyed with tenants, toilets, and time, time commitments with, uh, you know, all these single family homes, I knew that there's gotta be a better way to scale. And so I started doing me and my buddy uh, Revi Gupta, we joined, together. He was a doctor, sort of semi-retired from real estate. I was sort of starting to get some income out of it. But we're like, hey, look, let's come together and start doing multifamily. We formed Viking Capital in 2015. And that was the start of our multifamily career.
0: That makes sense. The whole story fits. And what I'm really hearing here is, is it really came down to you recognize early on in your medical career that in order to create that full abundance that you wanted, you're going to need to find another path to be able to park that money to be able to keep growing it. And real estate just happens to be one of the best places to do that. So I'm curious, what do you believe your superpower is?
1: You know, it's to crystallize things into simple uh, paradigms and then take massive, massive, massive action until I hit those goals. And so what ended up happening is, you know, I'm starting to form this philosophy in life. It's based on sort of the five pillars of what I... Feel is true freedom right i want to have financial freedom mm-hmm. i want to be able to have enough money that i can send my underwear and and checks are coming in right and, and and money's not the issue ever uh next i want but even as a doctor let's say you you invest a lot but if you're still tied to a w2 you're not really free and so then mm-hmm. i thought about hey how do i get time freedom how do i ba- basically not have a a clinic or uh, or make my clinic virtual or make it where I could not only work from anywhere in the world, which is geographic freedom, but also uh, work on my own time timeline, time you know. And so because one of the things I hated as, as, as a doctor, I'm a cardiologist, I'm a grown man, and I had to ask permission to go on vacation from my group. Mm-hmm. And that pissed me off, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest with you, it, it just, I, I was like, dude, I, I can't have some liberty, some autonomy at this stage of the game after all the years of school, all the education, all the things, the hours I put in. But no, you're still like, you know, it's a permission. Yeah, That's permission.
0: Yeah. And I, I wonder how many of the listeners can relate to that feeling of, of having to ask to go take a vacation. You know, for me, for example, in a, a week, I'm just jumping on a plane. I'm going to Park City and I'm going to go snowboarding for the weekend and a couple of days during the week. I don't have to ask. I don't have to uh, like ask anybody. And that's such a rewarding feeling to be able to do that. And what's cool is real estate and just business in general can get you there. But it's so easy to also be a business owner and really actually be a business operator. So you're stuck in the business. And, you know, even when you're a part of partnership in a group like you're talking about, you're, you're Really an operator, like you're a technician, you're stuck doing that activity every single day. And if you're in the business, if you're the one who has to do that activity, then you're not the person who really has that freedom. Because if you're not there to do the cardiologic work, then it's not going to get done. Or somebody else is going to have to do it. And so it makes so much sense. And I think it's such a a great story of inspiration of, of somebody who worked really, really hard to go out and create something successful themselves just to get a medical degree, just to go and be able to create what you've created, but then to put that aside and then go and create that next level. I think it's a reminder of that we never want to stop that growth process. We can never be at a point where we're done because if you're not growing, then you're dying. And uh, we'd all love to just focus all of our effort on growth.
1: And I want to, I want to, I want to attack, uh, I want to stack on what you just said, Stephen. So, you know, in people think we're done, like most people, I think there's a quote, I think it's like, you know, uh, people uh, diet 25, but they're buried at like 80. Right. Mm. So it's like, uh the formal education of grad school, med school, whatever school, law school, business school, and then you're quote unquote done with your education. My education just got started when I finished cardiology. And to in, in fact, I'm going to share some numbers with your, your audience here. I spent probably $200,000 on my medical education, but I have spent $400,000 on my real estate education. The ROI is completely different. My ROI on real estate is like 10X. My ROI on, you know, the other one is, is good, but definitely that doesn't even compete with real estate. So, uh, to to be excellent, to to shift, to pivot, to possibly forge new pathways and achieve what they want, which is a you know a, a fulfilling, uh, you know uh, impact driven, income producing life. Uh, I think they need to double down on their passions or interests or skills and see what the intersection, the nexus of that is. And so that's what I did. I was leading up to my the, the five pillars, right? So the I talked about financial freedom, time freedom, uh, sort of location freedom. And then I wanted to sort of craft, how do I also have optimal time for uh, health optimization, health freedom, and also stress. Stress is a killer, it's killing us. There, there are successful CEOs out there who are stressed beyond belief and they're going to die at early death. And so I wanted to figure out how to live a more of a sort of a bulletproof mindset life. And so when I combined all these things together and I, and I layered it with one more thing, Stephen. That's the hell yes or hell no mentality. Mm-hmm. And so so I'm like, if things are a hell yes, I do it. If they're a hell no, then it's not. If, if if they're not a if they're not a hell yes, then by definition it becomes a hell no. Now there may be things that you sort sure of not not sure about. So. We're, we live on this earth too too short a time to to waste time doing things that we're not fully engaged in. You don't need to be, cur- you don't just do courtesy visits to friends that you're not really that engaged with. You don't need to do things that projects that you're not fully passionate about. You don't need to start companies that you're not a, hundred, a thousand percent ready to like dominate the industry. in. So that sort of has helped me. So that sort of break or accelerator model plus these going after these five pillars.
0: You can hear it within what you're saying here that you're, part of your mindset, part of your belief structure is really, if you're going to do something, you better do it all out and you better dominate it because what else is the reason to do that? Is that right? Absolutely. It's incredibly important to recognize what's most important to each person, right? To you, to me to John, to Kayla, to everybody in between, because when we can understand what's important to us, then we can go out and set out to create that. And for you, you figured out what's important. And so that's the, the task that I give to listeners is to, when you hear other successful people talk about what's most important to them, use that as an opportunity to ask, well, is that important to me? And if the answer is yes, then boom, you've just learned a little bit more about yourself. And if the answer is no... Celebrate that as well and start continuously going through that process of getting more and more clear so that you can start creating and crafting and building a lifestyle by your design so you can live whatever life it is that
1: you want to live. Uh, And I think it's, you know, a lot of our parents, our coaches, our mentors, our teachers, people in work, they tell us, hey, there's only these five paths or these seven paths. But really, in this day and age, especially post-COVID, you can live any path you want any. So I'm still a cardiologist. I take care of patients all over the world now uh, and doing consults as needed. And I, they pay me cash and it's fun. And I just do it because I want to keep my skills fresh. Number two uh, I love, I've been coached by some of the best people in the world for many years. And now I've read pretty much most self-development books out there, business books, Uh, you know, and biographies and people who've really motivated me, inspired me. And so all that has been pouring in and now it's starting to spill out. And so as it spills out, I get to now coach others and uh, pay it forward. So I'm like coaching people that are hungry and and younger and ready to go. And they're, they're at that pivot point in life where like, what else can I do? Or how else can I add even, how can I 10x what I'm doing? Or, hey, how do I shift? Yeah. And how does that fill you up? Oh my God. That's, it it just, when people succeed because of, you know, maybe your guidance, it just, you feel like you're on the journey with them. It's a visceral victory, just like if you were in their shoes.
0: I feel like for me, and I'm sure you probably relate to this, I feel like I learn almost as much from some of my clients as they're learning from me. It's because when they're going through that situation and I've been there and I've done that, but it's such a reminder when they're in the depths and you see them climb and you see the success start happening, it's incredibly motivating and energizing to be reminded of that every single day and every single conversation you have because you're actually directly making an impact on the world that they're living.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, you're, you're, you're speaking my language. We've
0: talked about this, uh, at length. What has influenced your mindset the most to think bigger and to never stop creating this vision of what life is possible for you because you're somebody who's a big vision thinker. And I really want to understand, like, where does that come from and what has influenced some of those big vision thoughts?
1: I I think it's, it's the company you keep, right? Uh, the, the people I'm hanging out with, the people who are on my, like, I'm going to ask your listeners, guys, take out your phone, open it up, unlock the screen with your face, and then look at your text. Look at the last 10 texts. And that's, you know, you've probably heard this exercise in different ways, but look at the last 10 texts are basically sort of the quality of your life. Are you having memes and gifs and jokes or is it like, hey, uh, I just passed on that deal, but we're thinking about partnering on this deal? Or is it like, hey, uh, let's let's raise uh ten thousand dollars for that charity uh, because we want to help that 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 department that, that community in need. Or it's like, hey, uh what's let's create a magical moment with our wife, even though it's COVID, let's create a magical moment where we have a limo and we just go around the monuments and celebrate how how amazing it is that we're still in love after thirteen years of being together. You know, Mm. those, like, what are the texts that you're getting? What are the messages that you're, who are you interacting with? And so, you know, I want, I, you know, Joe Fairless is a good friend of mine and I admire him highly, but there's like a friendly competition. I'm like, Oh, what is Ashcroft doing? Oh, okay. Well, Viking (laughs) can do the same thing. Let's go. You know? And it's just, it's, I I always, you want someone like, you know, I, uh, we have a company called traction. You may have, there's a book called traction by Gino Wickman. Yes. And so if any of you guys are sort of, not early stages of a business, or of maybe mid, mid to later stages of a business. It's a great book and a great business system you want to maybe incorporate into your company. And so we've actually hired a professional EOS implementer, uh, which stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System um, Online. They've come in and they're actually helping Viking Capital because we want to get to that next next level, right? We want to you know go after a billion dollars of uh, of assets under management easily, you know, in the next couple of years. And so how do we do that? Well, we need these systems in place, but but uh, uh, where I was going with this is, um, you know, uh, we had to look at logos and and catchphrases for our company, and so we were looking at examples. And so Nike's was to crush Adidas, for example. That's been their model for many years. And you know, so it's interesting to see, you know, this competition. Like uh, Coca Cola's was like they want to have a Coca Cola bottle within arm's reach of every living person on Earth, or something like that. You know, and so Apple's was think differently. So, you know, this is this is what you want to do. You want to say, hey, look, who's maybe two years ahead of me and how do I like see where they are at and where am I and how do I close that gap and how do I do it quickly? You know, not like in two years, but maybe in three months. And uh, Peter Thiel, and you know this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen, the quote by Peter Thiel, he's like, take your 10-year goals, your 10-year visions and compress it down to six months and try to execute on that. Uh, and then, you know, Grant Cardone says, you know the 10x rule if you had to bake it bake it down into the simplicity the 10x rule is really if your goal is to earn a million dollars figure out how to earn 10 million and take action and the and do the tasks required for 10 million and 1 million is a short
0: yeah. And so what I took away from that for the listeners was really, it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people. You're looking through your text to understand who are those people that you look up to? Who are those people that you can learn from? Who are those people who are you're in competition, a friendly competition, but you're realizing that it's possible for you to do these things because they're within your sphere. And I would challenge everybody who's listening to, if you're in a place where you feel like you're capable of more, start finding some other people who are already doing what you want to do and figure out a way that you can get in their sphere. whether that's coaching and mentors. I spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on coaching. I know Vikram does as well. And, One of the biggest and best things to do is to go and work with somebody who is well beyond where you are at today so that you can catch up and start living at the same level that they're living and get in community, get in masterminds, join programs, because that is one of the fastest ways to start really changing your mindset. So we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be Vikram. Tell us success. How would you define success and what is success to you?
1: Success is the pursuit of, uh, of a passion, goal, or dream. Um, and and it's, it's the journey, not the destination. So it's, it's actively pursuing that, that goal. And from a habits
0: perspective, what are some of the keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that has led to the foundation for your success?
1: You know, for many, of most of my, my career, I would always had a, a vision board or something on there. And then last two years, it sort of fought, fell, fell off. And so I was building my new office since I just essentially now work from home. And I put two uh, whiteboards on there and I have like two vision boards now. So it's fun. So like looking at your, your dreams or your visions or goals every day and just visualizing, hey, how is it possible? How can it be created? What needs to happen? Am I making progress on it? You know, if if you look at a goal every month, you'll you'll do good. If you look at it every week, that's even better. Every day, phenomenal. You're like Tony Robbins. If you look at it hourly, man, it's done.
0: That's incredible. So, when it comes to success, Vikram, do you feel successful?
1: I do. I. You have to think you're a success before you are. This is not related, but there's a there's a quote that sort of I've been pondering for for a while now. It's up. You know, your obsessions become your possessions, and I've actually had dreams of like, of, of, of what if some of my goals were like, you know, I, I didn't usually have those kind of things, but nowadays I'm just, it's so front of mind of, I want to achieve this, that I'm starting to think about it even like at late at night, early in the morning. And the thing is like, it's, you think, Hey, you already have enough. Why are you still so hungry? But hunger is the key. And it's, it's just hungry to be better. Right. I just look, I'm, I'm. And another quote, again, from Ed Milet is blissful dissatisfaction. I'm so happy where I am. I'm so grateful. I do a lot of gratitude yeah. work. And it, and it's, and what I, back to gratitude work, I used to do intellectual gratitude work where I would think, oh yeah, I'm so grateful. Blah, 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 blah. But now I'm like, I'm trying to get into the emotion and feeling it. And that's what kills fear and anger and, and and regret. There's
0: so many lessons within here. I hope people will take a moment to go listen through again. Because there's just so much you can take away. So, just two more questions here for you, Vikram. Inspiration, what impact have mentors made on your life, and how do you look at going out and finding great mentors?
1: You know, uh, I I sort of created like a sort of what I called my noble nine, right? And it's like an imaginary tribe of people I have in my head that I, who I, if I'm thinking about a problem, I say, hey, what would, you know, what would Elon Musk do? Hey, what would, you know, Jeff Bezos do? What would, you know uh tony robinson what are what are these guys that who, who you know robert kiyosaki who are, how would they think about it and so i I've, I've actually done what i call character integration i've taken pieces from all my top mentors and i've infused it into my own dna and now you're asking me how do i find mentors well look a mentor could be your dad a mentor could be your brother a mentor could just be the you know your baseball coach it doesn't, you don't have to, you know, go pay, you know, $100,000 for a mentor. But Mm -hmm. as you start going, you want to sort of cycle through mentors, where if you start tapping out, you realize, hey, I've learned the most I can from here, it's time to level up. And so in real estate, like I had started with one person, then I moved to a second person, now I moved to a third person. And it's only because that person actually has achieved and your mentors that you should have at least achieve or help someone else achieve the goals you want. Otherwise it may be tough to really view them as a true mentor.
0: Especially as a mentor. That's so, so important. And finally, finishing on this purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day?
1: Impact, man. Um, it's, 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 uh, I want to live uh impact. I want to, you know, they say that uh, the last time someone sends your, says your name is when you truly die. And so that's called legacy and impact, right? So People are still saying, you know, Einstein's name so many years later. Uh, you know, all these guys. So, I would say, look, it's like it's like creating such a powerful impact on this earth, making that dent in that universe, to where like you know, people even talk about you after you're gone. I mean, that shows that you made it, made a difference. And uh, I think that's that's what that's what we're all about in this world to make a difference.
0: Absolutely. Well, so many great lessons here, Vikram. It's always great talking with you. Love the energy, both in person, on the phone, and and on this podcast here. So grateful to have you here. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch?
1: Sure. My website, vikramraya.com. Uh, there's connections to get a hold of me, uh, depending on what they want to talk to me about, whether it's real estate, whether it's high performance and uh, health, or whether it's uh, uh, coaching.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much and look forward to the next time we can hang out. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe and share it with a friend. Head over to the investormindset.com to join the insider club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.